At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes down to it, what are we at our core? We are North American Waterfowl. And welcome to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. My name is Elliot, and today we are broadcasting to you clear up north on the Missouri River, um, where we have just completed day two and day three of this hunt trip. I'm with Phil and Matt again. If you want to hear the first episode of this hunt trip, um, we released, we talked about our trip up here, then we talked about hunt number one, went through all of that. So today we're going to be talking about our second and third hunt of this trip. Um, we're sitting here at about nine o'clock at the Airbnb. It's been a wonderful, wonderful trip. I think we're all a little bit tired and we're going to be heading mm -hmm. back home here in the morning. So how's it going, Matt? Well, pretty well. Today was uh, today was close to, I think, a five out of five. Yesterday was a four out of five, but today was pretty close to a five out of five. For me. It, was, it was a nice, nice hunt. Phil, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, just in general... We talked about satisfaction of the hunts and and just kind of what are your feelings over this trip we've had in the last two days specifically? Oh, I'm sorry. I was uh, wake up. I was asleep. Wake I up. Think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a difference a day makes, right? Um, Saturday, we got snowed out, basically, and uh, came back <clears throat> Sunday morning on a hole that we thought was going to be good, and we made a move after about an hour, <clears throat> and it was the best thing we, we've done all weekend, I think. Found a, found a new hole, and uh, birds wanted in there, just beautiful, um, probably see it on the videos upcoming by Elliot that uh, just uh, it's a wonderful place to be it just you just feel different I think right. and uh, expectant and free of every other person except your group you're hunting with you know it's just uh, an enjoyable time and the birds Especially the Gadwalls cooperated on on Sunday, and they didn't so much today. But uh, we finally got some good work, good work, uh, got some to land, and enjoyed our dogs working our dogs. So it was a good day. All right, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but um, Phil has a dog that's very similar to Georgie's age comes from the same kennel, Flatlander Kennels. And Ruby is the name of Phil's dog, who is the daughter of Jet, which um, was the number one dog at Flatlander Kennels for a while and then had an unfortunate death and was replaced by Flash in that number one seat. And so it was really, really cool watching the two Flatlander Kennel dogs work this weekend and, and do their thing. It would have been a little more fun if I hadn't lost the whistle because I found that Georgie is uncontrollable without a whistle <laughs> and then on top of that i forgot her her shot collar so 
Georgie was not up to her normal standard on these hunts. And we're going to, we're going to get into a little more in depth of these two hunts. We're going to talk about Sunday's hunt and then Monday's hunt and kind of describe them. But before we do that, I want to remind you, if you are in need of waterfowl gear, decoys, bags, blinds, it's fabrand.com. FDH10 is the promo code where you can get 10% off. Um, so go and check that out. Also, we're partnered with Ducklander Calls, which is Bobby Hayes' call shop. And you can get 10% off any of his calls with N-A-W. That's NA23. And finally, um, Onyx Hunt, where actually we, we definitely used Onyx a lot on the first two days of this hunt, but we kept kind of going back to the same area, so we didn't really need it much today. But on every single hunt, pretty much, Onyx Hunt app is part of what we're doing. So let's go ahead and break down um, Sunday. And, and before we do that, Saturday, remember, we got in. We, we got on the water a little bit late. We were doing pretty well. Then the snow came and just shut the hunt down. So we felt like from that from that hunt where we were observing the birds, we kind of knew where we wanted to set up. So on the next day, we got in there nice and early on Sunday, and we went back to the place that we thought would be pretty, pretty, pretty good. And um, it kind of unfolded from there. So Matt, why don't you take it from there and just kind of give a little brief synopsis or it doesn't have to be brief. You can give a detailed one if you want about our Saturday hunt. All right. So we had decided that we were going to um, set up and it wasn't that far away from where we were Saturday. So yeah. Less than a hundred, probably what? 150 uh, yards. 150 yards. Yeah. Uh, but it was more of what I would say a channel where it was a long straight run Um and we figured, okay, we'll... we'll and let me up. stop you for just a second, because I want to make sure and set this up for people's minds. This area is a boat. You cannot hunt this area without a boat. And it's, you, you can't just kayak in. It's got to be some type of motorboat. And um, the river splits out into a lot of arms and a lot of channels. And along those, you have a lot of vegetation that's either going to be cattails or phragmites. So there's really thin little corridors. There's big pools. It's like a spider web of channels and pools. So you find the spot and you push your boat back into the cattails with the phragmites and you use that as cover. And then the water's about crotch deep, um, typically speaking. So just to kind of give, get, give you guys an idea of what the area looks like. All right, I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, and the channel, it was, I mean, pretty, skinny yeah as far as i don't know what do you think 20 25 yards across, yeah let's say something like that um and so on saturday we thought okay we, we keep seeing birds kind of wanting to go over to that area we set up and um first thing i guess it was some divers came through well phil killed the hen widgeon Right, relatively right, early. Right, right, right. So there was widgeon and some divers, and then everything kind of just turned off. Yeah. And the funny thing about this is that we had talked about, we had a vote of where we should set up, spot A or spot B. And Matt said, well, I think this little hole, spot A, is where we should set up. Phil agreed. And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, man, I really think these green, words, green wings are running this little channel line. And I... I kind of pled my case to both of them and, and they agreed and they're like, okay, we'll set up there. And, and we, there was very little movement at the beginning of that day, but any birds we did see kept bombing into the hole that Matt and Phil wanted to hunt. <laughs> so there was a vote and Elliot's vote counted more, more. <laughs> Everyone's equal. Some people are more equal. I didn't supersede. I, I, I pled my case. I said, I think that this is a why. It's a good thing that we that set up we, here. You we, guys said yes, and I was wrong. No, we, we all, we all agreed. That's where we were going to set up. We, yeah, it looked exactly where the birds were traveling on Saturday. Right. You know, when we were there Saturday, yeah. we yeah. thought, well, this is where they're going to be Sunday. Yeah, it's interesting though. Looking back now, I, I don't even know if. It was the spot or just the way things kind of unfolded 
Saturday and Sunday, uh, Sunday and Monday. Sorry. Um, I think it was uh, the spot. <laughs> well, the spot was, I mean, the, the two was, groups that we saw bombed, two or three bombed right in there without even circling. They were just like plop. Oh, to be fair, it's kind of hard to tell perception wise exactly where a piece of water is when the Phragmites are eight feet tall. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. Is that 150 yards? Is that mm-hmm. 200 yards? You know, it makes a big difference there. 50 yards makes a big difference on where you find the cut through the, through the Phragmites and into another pool or you get a dead end or you never really know. And with all this tall cover, I mean, even with on X, you just can't quite see all the holes and where they're at. And there's just, Oh, there's another hole here. And there's a little challenge. You can get into this hole. And I mean, that's just amazing. We saw that's birds. the amazing part yeah. around yeah. here. I mean, that's a great part. We saw yeah. birds go down where we couldn't find an entrance to get where they were, mm-hmm. you know? So we knew there was, some water, open water there. We don't know how big it was or small or how to get to it. So it's crazy, crazy, interesting. Yeah. Brain. So what did we spend an hour at, at on what I'll say the channel? Yeah, I'd say we spent an hour and there was, I mean, almost no movement at all. Mm-hmm. And we were expecting to have a kind of a green wing teal shoot. And we, we killed the two birds and the one widgeon and then I killed a, a ringneck drake that just came down the channel. But other than that, there was almost no movement at all. In fact, I mean, I was really getting discouraged because we had this huge cold front come in. We expected to do really well. We shot nine yesterday. The snow kind of shut us down. And it was the point where we were talking about, well, are there other places that we can travel to to salvage this trip? Because it just it felt like one of those situations where there's just not going to be any flight. And, and it was just going to be terrible, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And then we saw another group bomb into that hole. And I think that's when we were like, we got to move. We, any, um, because anything that's fine is going to that spot. Yeah. So, no, I think, and, and credit to Phil for, he was like, look, if we're going to move, let's, let's not fiddle around. Like, yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's right. do it. In fact, he even said that the night before, I think. I think you said, hey, tomorrow, if... You know, we need to move. We need to jump on it and get it done and move. Yeah, that's my been in my experience of duck hunting. And if you have any doubts that you should move, do it. Yeah, you know, because it more not more times than not it pays off. I think, and we weren't optimistic. We were like, well, I mean, the little tiny bit of movement we've seen that seems like the place to be. So we quickly piled everything in the boat. And it it was funny because we moved back to the hole that they had wanted to set up. And then we found another hole beyond that, that we didn't even know was there. And we got back in there and kicked out 50 birds. Yeah. That's where they were. That's where they were. It's like the heavens opened when we went through that little shoot and the ducks were, it's a beautiful little spot and the ducks were in there and they were sheltered from the wind. And, Aesthetically, it was much prettier spot than those other little channels. Yeah. I'm not even sure why. Do you guys have any, like, what about that spot made it so much prettier than the other spots that we had hunted on Saturday and and set up and on Sunday? What aesthetically was so much more water, pleasing about that? Water clarity. It was True. pretty clear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, there was uh, milfoil in there, and I think maybe they were eating on that. There wasn't there lily pads a, and scum on the surface. Yeah. It was open. Mm-hmm. There might have been a bunch of invertebrates in that milk oil. They don't ever feed mm-hmm. on too. So, right. I think the channel just seems so flat because it, it was, for whatever reason, the wind wasn't hitting it. Mm-hmm. There were lily pads everywhere. Mm-hmm. It just seemed, to me, that seemed more stagnant. Yeah. And then when we got back into the the pool we wound up hunting, it just felt more like clear water, mm-hmm. good good water, ripples on the water from the wind, and, and the perfect size too. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, I, I said it today, yeah. where it's like it just felt like if you looked at it, like that's a quintessential duck hole yeah. where it just 
And that one still was probably only, I don't know, what do you think? Where we hunted, 30? About 400 yards long and 400. maybe 40, 50 yards wide most. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, it was not, it wasn't anything huge. It was just. It wasn't 400 yards. It was maybe 200 yards. Yeah. 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 It was just kind of perfect. And, and the backdrop of just. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Bluffs on one side kind of, you know, rugged slash rolling hills on the other. It just was perfect. It was opened up to <clears throat> where you could actually see a lot more mm -hmm. as far as uh, the, particularly on sun mm -hmm. on Sunday. You could get a good view of a lot of the, the marsh and, and where the ducks were coming from. I mean, yeah. we could see them from Hundreds of yards away, so right? A little speck on right. the horizon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we've been kind of struggling with with cover. I mean, so I've got the eighteen foot well built boat, and we'd had a blind put on there, um, built for us by my friend Charlie and, and Steve. And there's some some tarp on there, but to really decoy the ducks properly, we just felt a lot, a lot of the time, like we weren't quite hidden enough. We were trying to cut down phragmites and, and cattails and, and put them and make little shooter holes. But in this hole, there was this huge patch of like, I mean, I, I mean, this might've been 12 foot tall. I mean, some of those might've been 15 foot tall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just crazy tall, um, phragmite pile. And so we got the, the boat rolling and just jammed them up into those phragmites. And the cover with that was just so much better than we had so had. Much better. And it didn't take long for us to start knocking down some birds. I mean, the movement, we were over there. What time were we set up into that? Well, so. I think somebody said 9.30. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. about right. It did not take us long to start knocking some birds down. The, the, the activity actually started picking up. And uh, we, started, we started putting some birds on the water. Um, and, and the day changed from, man, where could we possibly travel to, to shoot ducks, to just everyone happy and smiling and, and really getting some nice decoying passes. I mean, the, the day changed drastically from that point. Well, what was interesting, too, is we were thinking it'll be a green wing teal using the channels as, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a travel pattern to decoying ducks yeah i mean not you know not pass shooting not pass shoot not and not not the way that green wing teal decoy you know where they slow down give you maybe like that twist and turn and show you the belly whatever mm -hmm. it turned into i mean decoying ducks yeah i mean that that was awesome it was just the way that they they were responsive it it just it was completely different back there. I don't know. It just felt so much cleaner to me. Mm -hmm. Like the way the like the water had movement. But it was you're right. It was clearer. Mm -hmm. So like it looked blue on the top, mm -hmm. but then when you were there, you could see down to the bottom. It just everything about it was like I like being here. Yeah, you know, like it just mm -hmm. felt right. And both days, well, all three days, it felt like we were the only people that were around yeah. which was awesome i mean to me that was awesome yeah mm -hmm. yeah the, the solitude um and 
just being there and not having to worry about anyone else around, not hearing other people calling. I mean, you could hear some shooting, but it just the shot, shot seemed like they might mile, two miles away is how they felt like. Maybe they were closer than that, but you're not hearing people calling. You're not hearing people talking. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing anything. You're just completely immersed, the full immersion experience um, in the environment. Um, we were hoping that some mallards had moved down for this weekend, but this turned real quick into almost a straight gadwall shoot. And, you know, we would love to be killing pintails, mallard drakes, but it just turned into a, a gadwall shoot and they were decoying great and we were popping them. And yeah. so we ended up with, I think out of our 18, we ended up with 14. Yeah. Yeah, after we moved to that hole, we ended up with 14 out of the 16 ducks we killed mm-hmm. were gadwall. Yeah. They did it right. Yeah. And, uh, Made us look good shooting them. So. Right. We did end up, um, we had a couple of really beautiful flocks of mallards kind of working us um, that didn't quite want to commit. We finally got two to commit and we killed one of them. So we did end up with one mallard drake um, from that hole. But I mean, the dogs worked well, the birds decoyed well. I mean, it just ended up being a really, really satisfying hunt. We were done by, I think, what, two, two thirty ish? I think it's 2.30. So 9.30 to 2.30 was about, and but the movement kept kind of getting better as the day went on. It kept getting a little better, a little better, a little better. I mean, unfortunately, talk about the gun problems you were having. That defined your day a little bit. Yeah. That you were just having gun issues. Yeah, no. That, so Sunday was, it was frustrating in that, you know, two things. One, my gun wasn't cycling. And two, I needed it to cycle because I could not hit anything on the first shot. So <laughs> it was like, I, I need that second and third shell. Yeah, uh, you're making it worse than it was. Nah, I don't know if I am, but, but, <laughs> you are. but, but that's nice. But, uh, no, I, I think, uh, I wound up probably 18 shells to get six, mm-hmm. six, ducks, something like that. I mean, it just, and, and it, it's super frustrating to to shoot once and then go to pull the trigger and nothing happens on the mm-hmm. second. Right. It, it just, especially when you're not shooting that great to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then it's just as in your head, like this gun's not going to cycle. I got this one shot. So then, so I feel like I'm an overthinker anyway. And then all of a sudden yeah, I'm just in my own head. Like, well, you just, you got this one shot <laughs> to take down <laughs> no. the dog. And, and then, and then I was behind, you know, in the in the duck count. So then it was kind of like, well, the pressure's on. Like, let's let's get some down. Yeah, it got to the point where we I, were trying to make it easy on you. I know, no, I, I know. agree, and, and I needed, it. and I needed. <laughs> no, it. I, mean, I did. We were. We I think were, we got we the point where a little bit. Phil and I had our limit, and you had like three more to kill, yeah, or something. Yeah. And before that, we had actually switched guns because I just needed one duck left, and. Matt needed three or four, and so we switched guns, and they came in. The two mallards came in. I killed the mallard. The gun cycled fine. Yep. <laughs> you, <laughs> I missed. And, and were, I killed one with your like, gun, and it's, it's like, fine. It cycled great. <laughs> the gun's fine. Good, 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 good. But you had several really nice, clean kills towards the end that kind of ups, yeah, that, you know, that emotions felt, around everything. Yeah, right. And, and, and really that kind of one to two thirty, it was every couple of minutes, either something was working, you know, where you had a chance of bringing them in or something was coming in. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was, that was awesome. Both days had an interesting kind of middle of the day flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very similar. Last days were very similar in that there was just almost nothing flying. Um, you, you get your 15 minutes of a few teal here, here or there. And then after that, it was like nothing flying until about 1030. And then it started to build and it started to build and it started to build and more and more ducks working. And that was really, really fun mm-hmm. about it. Um, so we got out of there and we came back and it was a much better return trip because we weren't, we weren't just soaked with, with snow water. I mean, the snow on Saturday was such a wet snow. And all of our stuff was wet and we were wet and in that I like hunting in snow, but that was not a fun hunting. Um, that's snow. But we got back and Matt got to work in the kitchen 
yeah. making us some fajitas and that was really enjoyable. Yeah. And um, we watched the Chiefs game, which wasn't very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured you guys have the dogs and, and all of that. So I, I did the I did the duck uh, cooking. Yeah. So we had duck fajitas last night. They were very they were very, very good. Yes, yeah. Good. Yeah. That worked out really well. Ate a bunch of our duck and then Phil talks us into sleeping in in the morning. Did. Which actually we worked out. We should have slept in later. We should have. We could have slept another hour and been just. Yeah, fine. I know. We just fine. Yeah. We could have been. Now on the way out from the Saturday hunt uh, or the Sunday hunt, we took because we were seeing this area about I don't know quarter mile mm-hmm. away where there was Absolutely. lots of ducks. A lot of our ducks were coming from that area. Mm-hmm. And there was just tons of movement. So we took a different trail out um, and we, we thought, well, maybe we'll find a new place to set up for Monday. And we didn't, uh, nothing really. I mean, we flushed some ducks. I don't know where that big bulk of ducks were, but it's not where we, know. not where we boated through. Nope. Nope. So we decided, Hey, Monday, let's just go to the same spot again. That's, that's the place we know. Let's go to it. And Phil's like, let's sleep in. Let's wake up at what time we wake up. On 5.30, I think we set our alarm. 5.30. And we were still there. We were almost set up by shooting time. Mm-hmm. I'd say we were about 20 minutes late, 15, 20 minutes late. And we did miss out on some teal shots um, because of it. But uh, the shots, we ended up getting more way better. Mm-hmm. So um, shooting teal in the dark is not all that much fun. Yeah. You're shooting silhouettes. You're swatting them because you can't see anything. It's it's really not, not, not very fun. Well, and... and- Sunday evening when we drove out, right. there are a bunch of birds flying high. A bunch of know, mallards. And it looked like it was mallards flying, you know, flying yeah. high. It gave the impression, at least, yeah. of migration. Yeah, it looked like migrating mallards coming from up. They were flying the river, and they were high in formation, and they were going from upriver kind of to the area that we were hunting. So we had pretty high hopes that maybe there'd be some more mallards mm-hmm. on this hunt. And mm-hmm. the wind, we had a little bit of a wind shift on Sunday. It was northwest, west, northwest, and the wind is supposed to be shifting to west, southwest. So we put our boat on the opposite side of the pool, number one, so we, and we had a completely bluebird sky, so we didn't want to be staring in to the sun, and we set up on the opposite, opposite side. And, mm-hmm. and, we started off really, really well. Phil, describe that first three gadwall decoy that we had. Still, I'd say that couple of favorite things I had about the day, and that decoy was certainly one of the top two. Yeah, it started off right for sure. We uh, we saw these three birds come off the main river, I think it was, to our north, and they were kind of heading towards us and skirted off to the left, and we hit a couple comeback calls, and we did a hard turn, did it, went past us, you know, of course, out of range a little bit, and we hit them a comeback again, and, and they just banked hard, and just, we we thought they were going to land in the reeds right in front of the boat, where right. we couldn't shoot, but then, I mean, 10 yards in front of us, they raised up enough, and we're spread out enough. We each picked out one, and bam, bam, bam. Yeah. We had three three ducks on the water, and it was it felt pretty good. Yeah, it was as yeah. textbook a decoy. I mean, you just yeah. could not even script it better because they mm-hmm. they you know like the wood duck. They called they they banked around when you called them. They reacted mm-hmm. beautifully, exactly how you'd want them to do, yeah. and just coasted yeah. right into the decoys. Mm-hmm. But their wings were set. They banked. I mean, it was just visually a spectacular mm-hmm. decoy and we killed all three right off the bat. And so, man, we just were really, really <laughs> excited. Um, but then it got, it went dead. It went dead for quite a while, just like the day before. I mean, we waited and waited and waited to the point where, you know, we were kind of starting to say, man, is this even going to happen today? Is, is this going to be different? Are these ducks just not going to be around? And we had to deal with sheet ice. I'm a little bit more than sheet ice, sheet ice mm, actually. Quarter inch at least. Yeah. 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 So when we got to our hole, we motored around several circles in the boat. And there was one area, I don't know, I've got a feeling there was one little area that didn't have ice on it, maybe in there when we started. I'm not sure, but we circled a couple times and this nice little area 
opened up right away where there was no, there was no scattered ice in it. Like when you break sheet ice up and it's in little tiny pieces that sparkle in the sun, that's ducks do not want to land on that, but we didn't have that. So our whole pool was had, was probably 50% ice covered the vast, probably until almost like one, one thirty. Oh yeah. Um, but our little hole was not, it was open. You had a good wind. Oh, we had an open, absolutely the spectacular wind, wind. A lot. It kept it open and it kept it clear instead of that, yeah. like that junky, like you said, like the yeah. little pieces of ice, right. it kept it nice and clear. And as perfect as it seemed to us, the ducks were stubborn. Yes, they were. Oh, yeah. To start off with, they, they would come down and come within 40 yards and act like we were waving a flag at them, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and we tried everything. Finally, we said, well, let's go crazy. So started cutting Phragmites and went to work. And I think we made a lot, a lot of more improvement on that. Yeah. I mean, our cover was pretty good to start with, but mm-hmm. I mean, these birds, they weren't, now there was some of them that were kind of acting like they're flaring, but then there was a lot of them that were just kind of, mm-hmm. kind of interested, but kind of disinterested. And we were just thinking, what can we, what can we do? What can we do? And so we just started cutting and zip tying vegetation at a whole different level and got to the point where the boat, where we we're like, well, there's really nothing more that we can do mm-hmm. than, than what we have. And we had shooter holes. I mean, we just, like Phil said, we went nuts with, with the cutting and, Matt got a good sweat. That should have been your jog for the day. See, that's what. See, Matt is Matt hasn't missed a jog day in like twenty five years. No, <laughs> how long is it? It's it's over three years. So, <laughs> see, so I would I be can, like, that's my that that's my jog for me. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's you know, and I'm a big boy, so it's not it's <laughs> not like I'm a tiny little runner guy. But like, uh, but but I can I can with data say since september 11th 2020 every single day since then that's so awesome every single day so then i have rules for it you have to run at least a mile you have to run at least 10 minutes so it's not it doesn't have to be a tremendously long run but you have to you have to do it every single day yeah and you've done it yeah yeah. So that paid off with your cutting skills. So anyway, so we, so I cut down, <laughs> I cut down a bunch of uh, reeds and right. and we, and Phil, it was Phil's idea to zip tie them, and that that really we were losing a lot of the vegetation we were cutting. Yeah, um, just from it would fall on into the boat, it would fall off the boat, and the the zip tying nice mm-hmm. like you know, whatever it would be, you know, 10 inch bundles, mm-hmm. um, that, that really helped a lot. And we were, that's as hidden as that boat could get. Yeah. I, I think, I, mm-hmm. I mean, and we really, we really had it hidden mm-hmm. at that point. There was, there was just enough space to jump up and get your shoulders uh, up through yeah, a, a hole, mm-hmm. and you know, I had mine set up kind of in a V where it was just enough at, at where I could come up uh, my shoulders, and in the front, you know, every everything it was it was buttoned down at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, we we had done everything we could possibly do as far as you know uh, concealment mm-hmm. at that point, because like you said, this is just one of those places where you need to have a boat. You need to have a boat with a motor. I mean, yeah. you, you, this is not one of those where it's just you're not like, paddling in. You're certainly not walking in. No, you want to die. No, 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 no. no <laughs> you no, should be no, swimming no, in. No, 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 no. And, and, oh. and it is a kind of a labyrinth. And, you know, if you don't have a good sense of direction, you better have on X. Mm-hmm. Get you back out, especially if the weather turns bad or you hunt till dark. You could be in trouble. Right. You know, so... Oh yeah, you, you could get, spin you, yourself you, around. You could get turned around. Oh yeah, like in a fog or like the snow we had. No doubt. You know, it made it made it. Uh, I we I think we all generally knew which direction was which, but still, you had to turn the other direction to keep going the direction you wanted to go. So mm-hmm. it's like you know, well, I know we used it. So yeah, and we were 
shooting birds here and there throughout this process, but the majority of them just weren't quite doing it like we wanted them to, like the first group did. But we were putting some birds down, and, and again, they were mostly gadwalls, all well, although we were definitely seeing more mallards, and we would have these flocks working us. We had one time a pair of drakes just act so interested, like they were coasting in and not doing it. But it was enough of that that it was starting to feel frustrating. It's like this day was just starting to feel like one of those days where everything is not quite working right. And so then I called a couple shots. Um, maybe that I shouldn't have called just because you'd think they were coming in and they wouldn't slow down. They wouldn't do it right. And we lost a bird. And, and then after we fully, fully got the boat to the point that, that we really thought it needed to be, um, I'd say things did improve and we made a big decoy change and we were just trying to come up with ideas of like, what can we do to fix this? And so, but at some point we, we started, we started putting more birds down and started getting close to our limit uh, that kind of that second half of the hunt. Is there anything that sticks out to you, Phil? Um, and we did end up with our limit. Um, but is there any, anything that sticks out to you in that, in that portion of the hunt that was memorable? Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hmm. I remember a group of about six mallards that were circling, circling, and circling. And we, Matt and I are kind of waiting, 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 you know. And all of a sudden, these six mallards are right on top of us. I mean, right above the boat. And and <clears throat> granted, at that point, it was too late because you, could, you couldn't have done anything at that point. And they were just... Uh, I think that was just before we did the big change of yeah. decoys and uh-huh. opened up a bigger hole. We were wondering why why didn't they land? And right. I think our our hole was a little bit smaller than they wanted to go into. But yeah, and then after that, <clears throat> things did turn around. We got some some mallards to work, and I think oh, it was after that that I shot the double on the cadwall, wasn't it? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So we had that nice group of Gadwall come in. You shot one. That double, you're double. You were the only one. Because right. they all kind of, they all but one broke yeah, off of I your side. On, I was on the end of the boat. And I had one kind of fly right up over my head and I shot and missed that. And you killed those two off the left mm-hmm. on that. Okay. And, and Phil's being really nice. We had, we had these six mallards fly at probably 15 yards right over our heads. And I didn't call the shot. Because <laughs> we had lost a bird, and we we would out of the frustration of the birds not finishing, then I, I took a, I made a couple um, calls on the shot that were not good calls, and so then we kind of decided, hey, we're just not even going to shoot those. We want them in the pocket. So if they're if they're not finishing, we're not shooting it. And then shortly thereafter, these mallards did this, and no, they weren't finishing. But it, you know, fifteen yards right over your head is probably a good time to call the shot. <laughs> But to be fair, I choked and just didn't yeah. call. <laughs> we 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 lost a couple birds in those fragmites, and I tell you, we we didn't just lose them. We looked and looked yeah. and looked and looked. We had two dogs in there looking. These are good dogs. Um, but you get in there, and we could be standing ten feet apart, and we didn't know if you didn't hear the crunch. Really, you it's couldn't see. You couldn't see the other person. Right. It, uh, it was it was like. Thick as hair on a dog's back in yeah. there, and it was, it was 
The first one we lost, we yeah. finally had a couple mallards come in and this, I don't know if this was before or after the six mallards that we lost that first mallard drake over there. I don't know if it was before or after. I think it was Take probably it after it. And that's probably might've been why I call I don't know, but they were a little bit far and Matt and I both shot at this drake and killed it, but it landed over that huge, massive pile of fragmites that are like 15 foot tall. And literally, I went over there, and I've got this on video. When this video comes out, um, it'll probably be next week. When this video comes out, you'll see, because I had my head cam on when I was in these frags. I was in looking at these fragments, and those were probably only 30 yards long, like mm -hmm. the massive pile of it. Mm -hmm. I was in there looking for the frags with George here, looking for this Mallard Drake. I'm like, I, it's just such a jungle. I, I, I can't find it. So we walked back out. I got in the water and I'm like, well, where's Matt, Phil? And he's like, he's in the frags. And it's like, this is just 30 yards by like 15 yards. And I had no idea he was in there with me. Mm -hmm. I mean, unbelievable. I've never made anything like that before. You you could watch somebody disappear where it was. Yeah, it was like, it was like it's, it's like Field of Dreams. It, it, it was exactly like Field of Dreams where you're just like, I don't know. They went into the corn and they were gone. So it was exactly like yeah. that. Where just the person stepped like one or two feet in, and you're like, they're gone. <laughs> they, they could be, and and it really was. You could if it if some if a person or your dog wasn't within arm span, maybe a little more. Mm -hmm. It was like there that person doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable stuff. Yeah, those, yeah. those fragments. I, I will say that, and you know, so it's so different for me because one, the, the location, the, just the, the way the land is here. I mean, it's so different. Yeah, and then so we different. are in an area where, I mean, population is low, Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, to me, especially awesome. for you, remember that Matt's mm -hmm. lives near Baltimore, I right? It's like, I live <laughs> on the I 95 corridor. This is, and so, to me, this this is terrific. But the the sun was behind us today, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the birds when they would um, take a turn, just seeing like how how awesome the colors were. Mm -hmm. Where you were like Gadwall Drakes. Yeah, you had no trouble identifying. And then and then the green on any of the mallard drakes. These were these were plumed out mature yeah. birds. These mm -hmm. this wasn't like I can't really tell if that's a hen or, yeah. or a drake. Like it wasn't it wasn't that. Like oh he's eclipse. I'm not really sure. These I mean you just saw that like emerald flashing in the mm -hmm. the sky. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that to me and I, if you're from here or you know the the central flyway you know god bless you but like we don't <laughs> we don't get that mm. that that visual that not as much just not yeah. as much you really don't and and mallards working and working in both days we had times where it would be five to ten minutes of of just flocks of mallards working and sometimes they you know we didn't i i'd say maybe they didn't come in more than they came in this, mm -hmm. these last couple of days. For sure. But it's super exciting. I mean, like, yeah. like you could tell, like, your heart rate is up, you know, where you're like, you, you're you're breathing a little faster. Your heart rate's up. You you want to look, but you know you shouldn't look. <laughs> you know, where you're like, I want to You're telling yourself, don't look, don't, <laughs> don't look, look, don't look, don't look. You know, and you, yeah. you got to have one guy that's kind of looking and peeking. And it's just like, left left shoulder so still and you know and we had i mean a couple spins like that yeah that and you know what's so cool i mean that's that's yeah. that's the game I Nine, mean, 90 percent of public land you can't work a group like that yeah because there'll be gunshot yeah or a boat coming by or whatever or somebody trying to call off your yeah, your, birds. Off your birds but yeah these birds just work and work and work and you know, it's a game. It's a strategy game. You know, when do I call? How loud do I call? You know, and wait for them to turn.
turn a little bit so they aren't look can't just look down at the call sound direction and mm-hmm. and bust you and it's it's it was fun. That's fun. Yeah. I think you know, I learned more, you know, how to how to work a mallard than I knew before. So it was it was fun. Yeah. Certainly so, was. And right towards the end, I think that Matt needed a couple birds. Like we all, we, none of us were done at this time. And we really hadn't finished a mallard successfully yet. There, we didn't see that many. The ones we saw were working. It was fun, but it's not like we saw very many. We were still mm-hmm. seeing mostly gadwall. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the gadwall were being finicky as well. But we had a hen and a drake finally bank around, respond to the call, and coast right in. And Matt just killed the drake, just boom, just dead. And that was really, really fun. That's certainly my, I mean, that was my favorite. Yeah. It was a big one too. Yeah. Bull. Oh yeah. No, I mean like yeah. a beautiful, you know, curls, the the whole thing, but just it had, Sunday had been a little frustrating and I even had a, I did have one click today. Yeah. I did. Where I was like, all right, enough. Like, like, I've done my penance for whatever I've done. You know, I was like, please. And and just that one and and one shot and just that. Mm -hmm. And they, they really, they responded. They were responsive. They came in. They were right in the hole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At that that point, I think that Phil and I had five and you had three Mm -hmm. and you killed that. Or no, I had four because I shot that stupid hen. Um, But you killed the Drake and that made it. You had four and Phil and I had five. And then shortly after we had another just fantastic decoy that was Gavel. So we had six that just came in 100% perfect. Mm Mm-hmm. Each of us shot one time. Each of us killed a gadwall. Just dead, dead, dead. And that put Phil and I at a limit and Matt at five. And then shortly thereafter, another mallard drake came in and finished and you killed that one. That whole finishing sequence really highlighted the day because we'd started okay, but it was a difficult day where things weren't working quite right. Birds weren't doing what we wanted them to do. They just weren't dropping their feet like we wanted. I mean, there's a lot of things that were just, man, this is, this is a struggle. This is a struggle. And then the Mallard Drake, the three Gadwalls, the Mallard Drake. I mean, it ended beautifully. And, and as we were picking up, actually we went and looked for more birds in the frags forever and just couldn't find them. But the duck movement, I, I started to think, man, I wonder if we had just been more patient, if we had killed more Mallards in the next hour or two, because the movement really picked up at that point from from the time it was like the mallard the three gads the mallard i mean like things were cooking at that i point. think the only way we would have been patient enough to do that is if we didn't start till noon <laughs> because <laughs> i agree i mean the way the gad walls were you know about that 130 mark here just giving it up you know, yeah I mean, just, that pass where we know. all got one mm-hmm. we all shot once they were all drakes you know, it was like, yeah, you know, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. And, and they, it was, you know, a, just a perfect. Yeah. They spaced out just enough that we could all. Right. Shot you know, like where like yeah. everybody yeah. shot their lane. No one Every, shot the same bird. No yeah. one shot the same. I know. It's like everybody always shoots the same. Yeah. Bird, you know, <laughs> where, where, where you're like, yeah. well, great job guys. We, uh, we got one. Yeah. Out like <laughs> we well, all killed it. Like we all, we killed that. Like, <laughs> right. No, but everybody like just shot yeah. their lane, shot the shot. dogs worked good together. They were both swimming at the same time. And yeah. It it just adds so much to the hunt. It certainly does. To have have those girls I call them the girls, mm-hmm. Georgie and Ruby. They get along pretty good. They're over there. Oh yeah. They snuggled several times today yeah, too. Georgie never snuggles with other they're dogs. They're passed out right now, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you. A little, yeah. little twitch here yeah, and there. Georgie's 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 on the couch twitching. There. Yeah. <laughs> Georgie. Just sleeves out. Yeah, Not having the whistle was a huge point of frustration for me because Georgie just handles so well. And without the whistle, there was five, six different times I just couldn't control her and I couldn't get her to do what I wanted her to do. And well, splash in the wind and 
Yeah, it was frustrating. Yeah, still, she's not she's not programmed to listen to to stop on voice commands. Mm -hmm. That's not she hasn't been trained that way. She stops on the whistle, Mm -hmm. and then she takes the hand signals. I mean, that's just how it works. So, a voice command just doesn't do it. It's not it's not the way that that we've worked it out. So that was a little frustrating, but not a big deal. She still did a great job, and I was really glad to have Ruby with her because I mean, this was. It was 20 degrees and perfect weather, 20 degrees or about 25 degrees. Most of the day, 15 mile an hour wind, bluebird skies. I mean, just clear blue skies, not any clouds in it. And just your textbook mallard type of day. We just didn't kill any mallards. We ended up with three, um, lost one. And it was just a great day. It was, it ended off. To be one of those long grind, frustrating, satisfying days. Yeah, we, sure. we two long days and one very wet day with yeah. snow. So was- yeah, so each day got a little better, really. Well, I would say for me, I don't know. It's like they decoyed easier on Sunday, but the decoys we got today, the really good ones, were way more visually appealing mm-hmm. than yesterday. They were banking. They were so a little we closer were looking, into. We were us. looking into the sun. Yeah, we weren't looking at the sun. That makes a big difference. You can right. see the colors better. Right. Yeah, and they couldn't see us as well. Yeah. So on on the weekend, how many is that? I don't. I can't do that math real quick. Eighteen plus eighteen plus nine is what we end up with. Right. So forty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a very very a successful weekend. It was. <laughs> we tried to eat as much as we could. Too. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of duck steak sitting here on the table. We so. Well, I think that's going to close it out. You're going to be able to see all three of these videos on my freelance duck hunting YouTube channel. The first one will probably, hopefully, be out by the time you're listening to this. If not, the day of that you're, if you're listening, this comes out on Thursday. So it's either going to be released Wednesday or Thursday. And then hopefully the next one will be on Monday and then Wednesday. So make sure and go check those out and um, you can see them. It'll add a lot more context to. Everything you've heard today. Well, thank you so much, Matt and Phil, for thank you being yeah, here. What a you. fun it's trip! Been awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. One, yeah. I probably, I'm trying to think of a traveling hunt trip that's been more successful than this. I'd say this is probably the most successful traveling hunt trip I've ever had. Was mm-hmm. And this was yeah. this was freelance. I mean, yeah, it was sure. it's like for sure just yeah. going in. Trying, yeah. to, trying to find birds, trying to figure out where yeah. where they wanted to be. 100%. So thank you guys for listening. Until next time, you've listened to another episode of the North American Waterfowler Podcast. Through the Blackwater Bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.